A judge says undated ballots in Pennsylvania that arrive by Election Day should be counted. And how to cut down on food waste this Thanksgiving. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast, where the only agenda is you. A good morning to you. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, and this is being recorded at 9.19 a.m. I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. So let's get started. A ruling by a federal judge that undated ballots that arrive by Election Day could still be counted could have a big impact on next year's presidential election. My colleague Ben Wasserstein reports the decision marks a win for Democratic groups and government reformers. Last year, the state Supreme Court ruled undated ballots shouldn't be counted. But some argued that decision violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which says the right to vote cannot be denied by error or omission that is not material in determining voting eligibility. On Tuesday, the U.S. District Court of Western Pennsylvania agreed with those plaintiffs. Philip Hensley Robin is executive director of government reform group Common Cause Pennsylvania, a plaintiff in the case. He says that the decision is a win for the democratic process. Voters will have their mail ballots counted and they won't be thrown out because of a, a minor clerical error, um, such as not putting a date on the outside of an envelope. The decision will likely be appealed in circuit court and could go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, Governor Josh Shapiro is appealing a court decision that stopped the state from joining a climate program. My colleague Rachel McDevitt reports the administration says it's a matter of executive authority. Shapiro's office says the administration must appeal the Commonwealth Court's decision to strike down the climate plan because it was based on a question of power to enact. Shapiro says it's important to keep that authority for his and future administrations. Joining the regional greenhouse gas initiative was pushed by former Governor Tom Wolf. Shapiro has never committed to the program, citing doubts about how well it could reduce emissions while protecting energy jobs. A working group he convened could not agree Reggie is the best program for the state, but that a Pennsylvania-based or electric grid-wide cap-and-invest program would be better. Shapiro is now asking lawmakers to work with him on a Reggie alternative. Well, the holiday season is in part a celebration of food. While an estimated 11 percent of the U.S. population struggles to get enough to eat, the country produces an enormous amount of food waste. Susan Phillips with our friends at WHYY in Philadelphia reports on how to cut the amount of food that ends up in landfills. On average, each of us wastes one pound of food per day. Meredith Niles researches food systems and teaches at the University of Vermont. She says about one quarter of all food grown never gets eaten. It's a lot of environmental resources that go into growing that food. 30 million acres of cropland every year, 5 billion pounds of fertilizers and pesticides, and 4 trillion gallons of irrigation water. Now, producing those fertilizers and pesticides creates carbon emissions. Transporting the food to market burns a lot of gasoline. And then if the food ends up in a landfill, it emits methane, which is a potent greenhouse gas. Niall says the best solution, put more food in the freezer. (music) 
Now it's time to check in with some of the stories I came across after looking through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania this morning. Now I want to share these stories with you because they could cover issues that impact you and your community in the future. So here's what you need to know. Thousands of hunters will take to the fields and forests this weekend in Pennsylvania as deer season kicks off Saturday. As in recent years, the 2023 firearm season begins the Saturday after Thanksgiving. A day of hunting on Sunday is allowed to follow. Then the season runs through December 9th with no hunting permitted on Sunday, December 3rd. And speaking of deer, you may have noticed more and more dead deer on the side of Mid-State Roads this fall. I know I have. Now, some medical professionals have as well. Our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online, reports Penn State Health has seen an increase in injuries from crashes involving deer in recent weeks. Doctors would not say exactly how many patients they've treated, but note the increase isn't unexpected. That's because crashes tend to increase during the fall months due to the beginning of the animal's mating season and opening of hunting across Pennsylvania. Now, remember, those incidents occur in the Commonwealth more often than any other state. According to the nation's largest auto insurer, State Farm, there were more than 153,000 claims for animal-related crashes in the Commonwealth between July 1st, 2022 and June 30th, 2023. Now, PennDOT recommends to avoid crashes with deer that drivers slow down, particularly near deer crossing signs, wear seatbelts, and make younger drivers aware that deer are on the move during the fall months. State Farm recommends slowing down, honking, and tapping the brakes to warn other drivers, not swerving off the road, and flicking high beams to scare the animal off the roadway. And we'll wrap up this section of the morning agenda with a big congratulations to the Kutztown University field hockey team for winning the Division II National Championship. The Reading Eagle reports a celebration was held on campus after third-ranked KU knocked off top-ranked and defending champion East Stroudsburg 2-1 in the final on Sunday in Manchester, New Hampshire. The Golden Bears finished the year with a 19-3 record, capped, of course, with the school's first team NCAA National Championship. And now let's take a bit of a deeper dive on a story. You may remember scholastic book fairs. They're held at schools and designed to encourage reading by allowing students to choose their own books. But Brett Schultes from our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online, has found activist groups from the religious right are now turning their attention to these events and seeking to replace them with a new vendor, one that offers books as a pro-God, pro-America alternative. Brett joins me now to shed some light on this latest effort to influence the types of books students have access to in schools. Hey, Brett. Hey, Tim. Good to be here. So is this the opening of yet another front in the culture war fights that have been going on at the public school level? Yeah, it started after Scholastic um, considered whether it should create a separate selection for books dealing with race and gender. And Scholastic ultimately decided against that. And this really angered the hardline Christian right. Listen to this clip from the Family Policy Alliance, which is a religious rights lobbying group. We hear VP of Education Amanda Banks talking with Public Policy Director Joseph Combe III. So here we are in this predicament where Scholastic is caving to the left, unfortunately, and they've now uh, reversed this policy and said the book should be available um, to every child, no matter the age. Boy, that's really disturbing. I mean, it's basically pornographic access for kids that Scholastic is providing. Um, Boy, that's dangerous. Hold on a second. He, he mentioned pornography in there. 
Yeah, and that's been the Wright's um, standard line here. Almost any story that involves same-sex parents or a story with a trans character, they don't like any book that has these types of characters, and they especially don't like it if there are any descriptions of romance or sex, um, which there largely aren't, but there might be one or two examples of that in the middle school selections because they have access to young adult books. Now, Brett, you write about Moms for Liberty and others on the right that are pushing schools to turn to a vendor called Skytree. Is there anything you can tell us about this organization? Yeah, what's interesting about Skytree is that it set itself up as a alternative to Scholastic, but they've been very quiet about what books they offer as an alternative. But what I was able to show is that Skytree is a distribution channel for Brave Books, a Texas-based publishing house that has been criticized for being made up almost entirely of prominent conservative media figures. So someone like Sean Spicer, I noticed that was that was in your story, and, and he's the former Trump spokesman who once falsely claimed that Trump's inauguration crowd was the largest in history. So people like this. Yeah, a lot of Trump supporters are on that list. Another example would be Dinesh D'Souza, who produced a conspiracy theory film falsely claiming that Democrats stole the 2020 election. Um, Another one that really stood out to me was former U.S. Army General Michael Flynn. Um, You know, Flynn tried to persuade Trump to use the military to seize voting machines and rerun the 2020 presidential election. So pretty serious stuff. But uh, here he's also being uh, presented as a children's book author. I guess the next question then is, are they making any headway with this approach? I think we're still pretty early in this effort, um, but all the conservative media is covering Skytree. In Lancaster County, Moms for Liberty is pushing to get school districts to switch to Skytree. And in Berwick, in Columbia County, the school decided to stop hosting uh, Scholastic book fairs in person. So Scholastic is definitely a target right now for the parental rights movement. But as we watch this play out, it's important to know that the alternative they're pushing, Skytree, is basically offering children a whole bunch of books written from a sort of Trumpy Republican perspective. I've been talking with Brett Schultes from our sister newsroom, LNP Lancaster Online. Brett, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for shedding some light on this one for us. Thank you, Tim. Be sure to check out Brett's story at WITF.org slash news for more details on this issue. Well, The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcast and on WITF's YouTube channel. And if you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and on your social media channels because you can play a big part in spreading the word about us. All right, I want to hear about the song you are thinking about heading in to the Thanksgiving holiday. Let me know all about it on Twitter or on Blue Sky. I'm at TLambert895 on both of those platforms. And be sure to check out our Spotify playlist for the month. It's called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, November 2023. And I reached deep into the bag of old school rap and pulled out Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rakeem. Check it out on our Spotify playlist. And that is going to do it for today's episode of The Morning Agenda. It's a daily news podcast from WITF, where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Your company's always appreciated. I will be here tomorrow and Friday. I am off Monday and Tuesday. Scott Lamar will be filling in those days for me. So be well. Enjoy the rest of today. Be safe out there if you're headed out tonight. And we'll talk again tomorrow.